Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of Lifehouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you for the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you. Enjoy this message. Uh, so we've been uh, speaking, and I want to just reiterate the welcome. Um, and I know that there are folks online that we want to welcome as well, but I know that God's presence is in this house. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we just want to, in our hearts, uh, be mindful, be ready uh, for a word, a word that comes from your, from your love for us our hearts, in our circumstance, speak to our hearts in such a way that today we would walk uh, from, um, just we would walk from here with a sense of just gratitude and not only a sense of peace and hope, but true joy, Christmas joy. Through Christ Jesus, we pray, amen and amen and amen. The last two Sundays, we, we spoke of um, All I Want for Christmas as a theme. Most of us, there's a song out there that says, All I Want for Christmas is my true front teeth. I think that's where it came from. Uh, but all of us have desires. All of us have needs. All of us have petitions and prayers that if you could choose something um, as a gift from God, um, outside of Christ Jesus, which we're going to highlight as the centerpiece of this message, what would it be? What would you ask God? There was a man in scripture that was um, in a crossroad, really, really important. His dad was passing him the dynasty of a kingship. His name was Solomon. And God says, what do you want for Christmas? He says, Solomon, ask me anything, anything, I'll give it to you. And with wisdom, that's why it's called Solomonic wisdom. He could have asked for power or riches. And God even told him that in the dream. You could have asked for glory and victories, but you didn't. You ask for wisdom, uh, wisdom. And so I'd like for all of us to just re-examine your heart. And because what you ask for is where your heart is. That's where your priorities are. And a lot of us might be asking for things and stuff and more things. But I pray that you would ask God today for something that goes beyond the pale of money or materialism or things and stuff. Ask God like to restore a relationship. Ask God to restore your heart. Uh, ask God to place you and align you with his will. Ask God for wisdom, Solomonic wisdom. And so I want to talk today about all I want for Christmas is Christmas joy. That's the theme of today, joy. I would say that the five gifts of Christmas that you can unwrap is peace, um, hope, joy, faith. And then next Sunday, we'll be talking about the gift of love that, that God so loved the world. Uh, that he gave Jesus, his only begotten son. Our story begins today in Luke. Um, it was referenced in the story that the, the children were narrating in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8, that that night, and the, the folks here on the uh, screens will catch up here shortly, but that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. The Bible says that these shepherds were terrified. And why wouldn't they be uh, from just being simple men, uh, taking care of the flocks late at night? I'm sure all kinds of stories of 
of, of you know, uh, that fantastical uh, ghost stories was part of their folklore. It was. And so here is this apparition, an angel. Uh, they couldn't believe themselves. And the Bible says that they were terrified. That's the next verse. They were terrified up there. Thank you. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, um, uh, reassured them saying, don't be afraid. Most version says, fear not or don't be afraid. It says, for I bring you good news that will be, that, that uh, good news that will bring, that will bring great joy. Would you say that with me? Great joy. Great joy to all people. The, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others. Uh, the armies of heavens joined in, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those uh, with whom God is pleased. Glory to God in the highest of heavens is this angelic choir, these hosts, heavenly hosts, armies, if you will, that joined in with probably Gabriel giving this uh, angelic announcement about the birth of Jesus Christ, marking the division, if you will, from history. Uh, we celebrate or we recognize history from, from B.C., before Christ, to A.D., it doesn't mean after the death of Christ, but it means uh, after the birth of Christ, A.D., and all of us, uh, the, even till today, our calendars, most calendars still read, in the year of our Lord, 2022. In the year of our Lord, 2022. Um, because history recognized this moment, this, this day that was celebrated, and nobody knows the exact day, and we don't celebrate the day, we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. How many say amen? We celebrate the Savior. We celebrate what God did for he so loved the world that he gave Jesus as, as, as his gift, the greatest gift. And within this gift, it's a gift that keeps on giving from Christ Jesus. We receive peace. As we spoke two, two uh, weeks ago, there was a, a speaker here that my peace I leave, my peace I give you, Jesus says to his disciples and to my peace. Not like the world gives peace, but a peace that surpasses all understanding for his name is Prince of Peace. We spoke about the hope that comes wrapped in this gift of Christ Jesus, that as you envelop, as you uh, unwrap Christ in your life, you will find a sure hope, a steady hope, a blessed hope that comes that no one can compare to the hope, the anticipation, the faith that connects you with, with a better tomorrow, with a better you, the hope uh, that God is still, or the knowledge that God is still working. And today I want to speak about the joy, the joy that comes when you unwrap this gift of Christmas, this gift of Christ Jesus uh, to our lives, to you. It is a gift. So what is joy? You might ask up there. I'm going to ask you guys to follow me. What is joy? So um, I think it was Pastor Max that one time I heard him say, joy is an acronym, Jesus first, uh, then others, then you. And I think that there's a lot of truth in this right here, that Jesus first. Joy is putting Jesus first. It is, I'm going to talk about the essence of joy versus happiness. But I'd like for all of us, if you just remember the acronym of joy is Jesus first. So put Jesus first in your life. 
have Jesus first in everything. And when you pray, when you plan, as you anticipate, when you look at the horizon, when you envision a future, think Jesus first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things you dream about, you hope for, you long for will be added unto you. All these other things you need will be added unto you. And then others, think of others between before you think of yourself. That is the spoiler of relationships, great relationships. Most relationships get spoiled, are broken down with selfishness. That's it. It's pride. It's the past and selfishness. At the end, nobody wants to give. Nobody wants to lose. Somebody takes umbrage. You take offense. You get angry at the other person, at your wife or husband or the other person's family. And all of a sudden, your pride is hurt. And that is the death nail to relationships is you don't put others before you put yourself uh, you're inconsiderate, you're selfish, and that's why uh, relationships are toxic and they're all messed up. And a lot of us have not developed the ability to engender and maintain, sustain, cultivate healthy relationships because at the core, you are rotten in your core with selfishness. Then others, and then yourself. God doesn't mean that you don't take care of yourself. It's important that you have self-maintenance, self-regard, self-respect, uh, self-esteem for crying out loud, hermanos and ladies and brothers and sisters. Uh, see yourself the way God sees you, as special, as anointed, as gifted, as the apple of his eye. You were so special that God himself sent his son to die for you. Uh, and see yourself within that context and that compartmentalization that you are essential to everybody else's blessing that God has put around you. How many say Amen. So joy, I want to talk about joy. Joy is inner contentment while happiness is outer expression. So joy is not happiness and happiness is not the same as joy. They both can, there, there are four layers I want you to see that are important for your life wellness, for your wellness of life, for your preservation. If you want to be healthy, start with the foundation of, of cultivating a spirit of thanksgiving, a spirit a mindset, an attitude of thanksgiving. So Paul says, give thanks for everything. And in everything, give thanks for this pleases the Lord. So thanksgiving is the bedrock. Uh, you won't ever get to joy and sustain it without having a heart that is thankful, that is grateful, a grateful and thankful expression in your heart, which is a mindset, which is an attitude. After that, you need contentment. You need to be okay with, with being okay. Uh, you need to be well with just being who you are, you're, who God made you. Not so that you're satisfied, but you're content. Uh, you're content with who you are, with what God has given you, with what you have. You're content, but you're growing. You, you're asking God, what's my next level? What's my next stage? So thanksgiving is your first foundation. Contentment. Uh, so Paul says that contentment with piety, with righteousness, um, with the right heart. And contentment, that is a gain. So those are the two foundational layers and then comes joy. And I'm going to talk about what joy is. And on the surface of joy comes happiness. Where you have moments where God does not, there's nowhere in scripture where God wants anyone. No, no, nowhere in scripture to be miserable. There's no plan for you to be like lonely and desperate and selfish or, or to be um, a depressed. Nothing in scripture. Like anyone who struggles with loneliness or depression or, or suicidal thoughts, that's the enemy. That's the enemy uh, counter, uh, countering what God has made you. The voice of God. That is not the voice of God. That is the voice of this world and the devil that wants you to engage in self-destructive behavior. Um, because God in, God, in nowhere in scripture has God uh, ever blessed poverty or blessed loneliness or wants you to be uh, in desperate straits 
or, or in depression uh, or broken and angry and bitter. That is not God's plan for any of his children. That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I have come to give you life. Life and that life more abundantly than you can think or even ask or imagine, Paul says uh, in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. So, so it is not joy endures hardship. Uh, happiness is fleeting, can't stand hardship. Uh, trials, joy hangs in there while the trial is happening, uh, while um, happiness is in a fleeting emotion. Joy connects you with meaning, with purpose, thanksgiving, contentment, joy. The joy is, is, is intentional, it's purpose, it's God-driven, it's God's strength to you. A person may and should pursue happiness, but a person needs to choose joy. Uh, you have the opportunity, it is your privilege, your prerogative to choose joy instead of being melancholy and sad and heartbroken. Uh, uh, joy is better, joy is deeper, joy is grander than happiness. Happiness is more about getting what you want for that moment. Uh, but it is fleeting. It is futile. Happiness up there, help me, is an emotional triggered. It's an emotion. Happiness is an emotion triggered uh, by feelings. Joy is a mindset based on eternal truths of the word of God, based on eternal truth. Happiness is triggered by pleasant surprises. For example, you got a promotion in your job. Somebody paid you a compliment uh, and you get happy for that moment. Uh, you had an expected, unexpected good news. Your diet is working and you get happy until it's no longer working and then you get sad. Uh, you go sh shopping and you see this great bargain and so you 60%, 70% off and you leave happy until the clothes doesn't fit you uh, when you try it out at home. Then you get sad. Um, so happiness is fleeting. It comes and goes. It's fickle. Um, it cannot be trusted. Your emotions should not be true. But joy, God says that he will give us joy and joy unspeakable and full of glory. That the gift of God is joy and his joy is, is like unexplainable. It, 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 it boggles the mind and it's beyond uh, explanation. Joy is a state of mind of, uh, based on the eternal truth that transcends anything that this world gives or can take away. So this world does not give you joy because it doesn't give you joy, it can't take it away. I'll say this again. So this world cannot give you joy. And, but because it's not the author of joy, it can't take it away once you choose joy. So truth like the, the truth, what truth that transcends, for example, um, your, uh, your own understanding. The truth is that God loves me. The truth is that God is for me. The truth is that God is in me. The truth is that God works through me. That's the truth. The truth is that God has a plan for me. The truth is that I'm not a mistake, I'm a masterpiece. The truth is, is that if God be for me, who can be against me? Romans chapter 8, 31. Romans 8, 31. For if he is for me, thank you guys, for if he is for me, who, 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 who can be against me? Now that, that is like right there. I'm thankful that that's the truth. I am content with what God has given me, who I am. I'm working to becoming better. And therefore I have joy instead of being melancholy and being sad and woe is me and playing the comparison game and the blame game. And let me compare, let me contrast, let me complain, let me compete with somebody else that has a better car, a bigger house. Uh, that is why most men struggle when they see me. They're jealous of me, most men. They just, the, the muscular structure, the wisdom, the intelligence, the, the good looks. And most men leave here like downcast and defeated. 
instead of leave, you know. So I have to work at being humble more often than not. So, so where does joy come from? I, I want to say it again. God wants you to be thankful in all things, for this pleases the Lord. How many say amen? That contentment and righteousness, like living right and being content is gain. You're already a winner. And then on top of that comes joy, and on top of that comes moments where, Pastor, can I have joy and happiness? Yes, yes, and a thousand times yes. But happiness is an emotion. Joy is a mindset. Joy is an attitude. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit of the living God. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit of God. It is not just ethereal. Happiness is momentary. It's, it's transitional. First uh, uh, John chapter 4, verse 4. Little children, uh, the Apostle John is saying, little children, um, for you are from God. Man, that's like awesome. You're from God. You are from God. And you are overcomers. And because you're an overcomer, greater is he that is in me that anything I face in this world, greater is he, little children, you are from God. Man, if that does not bring you joy and make you happy at the same time, you are from God and you're an overcomer. You're not just anybody. You were made and created to be a winner, to overcome, to be successful, to be the head and not the tail, to be in front and not the back, to say yes to God in every moment and every dynamic, every challenge was no challenge was too big uh, to overcome you. There's no challenge, no circumstance, no surprise. No one can reject you. No one can hurt you to the degree where you are, you are a loser. Uh, God calls you an overcomer. God calls you, you are from God. And greater is he, God, Christ Jesus, who is in you, than he, the devil, that is in the world. How many say amen? Let's give the Lord a clap offering. That's reason for you to be joyful, for you to choose joy. In all these things, Paul says to the Romans, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, Paul says, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How many say amen? Up there, help me. Happiness is fickle. And it's frothy. It's futile. Joy is an enduring fruit of the spirit of the living God. Uh, for now, uh, the spirit of the God is love, joy, peace, faith, patience, gentleness, uh, long-suffering, and, and uh, self-control. Those are the gifts. Uh, joy being uh, right after love, as in terms of the order of maybe God's heart of importance. After love, you have been given the gift of joy. It's a fruit of the spirit of the living God. How many say Amen. Happiness is subject to violent mood swings. It's a swan song, while joy is steady, steadfast, stout, and steely. Uh, Nehemiah tells the people through Ezra, uh, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. For the joy of the Lord. When you choose joy, uh, that joy that comes from the relationship with God, he's telling them, where that's where your strength comes from. Your strength comes from your relationship with God, and your relationship with God should take you to rejoice to rejoice. That means have joy over and over again. So here's Paul, the apostle in the book, in the book of Philippians, and he's in prison. I'll say that again. A prison back then was not like a prison today. Today's prison, some of us would probably be better off being there. You get three foods, I mean, three square meals, you get air conditioning, you get et cetera, et cetera. you get a free gym, but you don't have to even pay for a gym, uh, for a free gym, uh, 
access to a gym in prison. I'm not advocating. I'm being a little facetious. Some of you think I'm serious. Thank you, Pastor Greg. Get out. Get out. Never try to interrupt me and upstage me while I'm preaching. Thank you very much. But it's not like a prison like today. It, it was una, what is called a mazmorra. It, it is basically a dungeon. Cold. No, just this damp and, and rat infested and uh, viral infested. And it's, 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 it's not a place of comfort. And yet there, he says... I tell you all of you that I am not a prisoner in this. I am not, nothing can keep me in prison. Uh, and he tells you, rejoice over and over. And again, I say rejoice. And always have this joy that is over and over and over. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. So here's Paul and Silas in a, in a prison again with shackles and, that's, and basically uh, held prisoner. Um, Acts chapter 16. And there they are at the midnight. Right at midnight, they're singing songs. Are you kidding me? Because this world does not give you joy. This world cannot take it away. You have to choose to be content. To, be, to cultivate a spirit of thanksgiving. Just thanksgiving, add contentment. And to your contentment, add joy. It is a state of being content. It is a state of being at peace. Joy is a state of being positive. That's joy to looking at the, at the right side of things, looking at the things the way God sees them. Happiness is temporal and surface and circumstantial. Thank you up there. Um, and joy, it is a choice. It is an attitude. Happiness is external, an emotional reaction, while joy is an internal and runs much deeper and surpasses human understanding uh, the psalmist says in Psalm 30 that he understands that there will be weeping. There will be brokenness in this world. It's, it's, it's the affairs of men that will lead us to brokenness. Sooner or later, there will be tough times. But he says weeping will last through a night. But joy, joy comes in the morning. There is joy every time the sun comes up. Every time the sun comes up, his mercies are brand new every morning. And with every morning, you could choose joy. You dust yourself off. You get a, a Kleenex and you clean away and you wipe away those tears of commiseration and self-pity. And because you, every morning, not only have mercies that are renewed, but you can choose joy that comes in the morning. How many say amen? Happiness is a byproduct of this world. It's a byproduct. It comes and goes. It's fleeting. It's futile. It's frenetic. But joy is sourced. Joy is sourced and the wellspring from God himself. Uh, John 15. I love uh, this, this, uh, these verses. The Father, as the Father has loved me. This is Jesus saying to you and to the disciples. As Jesus, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. So I love you in the same way that the Father loves me. So these things, uh, chapter 14 of John, the don't, don't let your heart be troubled. Um, and all that the, the, the last, if you will, mandates and the, the last um, uh, blessings that God is, Christ is giving his disciples before he's, he goes to the cross. And Jesus says, all these things I have spoken to you. I've told you all these things uh, that my joy may be in you. Now watch you do this. Watch. So that my joy, Jesus says, my joy, I want my joy to be in you so that your joy will be full. <laughs> I'm going to say that again because some of you are like, like, Ugh. Jesus says, I've said all these things and I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to be, I'm going to raise, I'm going to be uh, resurrected on the third day and I'm going to be at the father's right hand 
so that I'm going to give you my joy. I said all these things so that my joy will be in you and so that your joy will be complete. So that your joy matters. So that your joy will be full because I'm going to give you my joy. Now, who does that? Only the God that loves you and has a plan. How many say amen? Uh, let's give the Lord a clap offering. Jesus says, because you didn't choose me. You should be, all of us should choose joy because you did not choose God. God chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit. That, that, in other words, go and, and be successful. Bear fruit and that that fruit will last. That will not be fleeting. The fruit that God gives you will not be fleeting so that whatever you ask in my name to the Father, he will give you. Now, what does this have to do with the Christmas story? Everything. Everything. So when Jesus appeared that Christmas morn, there was something that happened. Um, history was divided in two halves. History. Um, and then the announcement, the angelic pronouncement was that I'm going to give you great news or news, good news, uh, that will bring great joy to all people, to all the people that today in the city of Bethlehem has been born a Savior. Christ the Lord, the King, has been born. And uh, so that angel reassured them by saying, do not be afraid. Uh, I bring you good news of great joy. Say it with me. Say great joy. So there is joy and then there is great joy. Anytime that Jesus is in the picture, there should be great joy. So in the prison, in a tough situation, in a crisis, and you see and you sense Jesus, you choose to see Jesus, there should be great joy. Because what it means is that you're not alone. What it means is that God is still working. What it means is that that's part of God's picture. What it means is that if you contextualize it and then you compartmentalize it and then you concentrate on what God has you do next, uh, there's something good going to come out of something that looks bad, feels bad, smells bad. Something good will come out of a tough moment where you sense like, oh, I don't like this. Uh, and, and this breaks me. It breaks my heart to see certain situations. Pastor, I'm not only broken, but I'm broke financially. You have no idea the struggles, the burdens, and then... Uh, Paul would say, I tell you that in your circumstances, you should rejoice. And again, I say rejoice because if God be for you, who can be against you? Yes, you might lose that car and you might lose that job and you might lose your house, but you don't have to lose your peace, hope or joy. You can lose things, but you don't have to lose your joy in whatever circumstance. Why? Pastor, at the end of the day, why, why, why? Because if you're born again, if you're saved, uh, you're going to end up in heaven anyway. Broke and broken here, but in heaven forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. After 10,000 years, it's just the beginning. You will be able to be in the presence of God Almighty, be an angelic being, be part of those heavenly hosts, uh, and whatever assignment God has for you in heaven, you will embrace it forever in the presence of God. And I'm telling you, if you money cannot buy salvation. So that salvation comes from God to you, and you did not choose God. God chose us. He chose you. You should have joy. And joy is, it stands right on contentment. Contentment is standing on the foundation of thanksgiving. And, and I have a suspicion, like we, when we all get to heaven, the Bible says that in heaven you will be given a new name. A new name. Do you know that? That in heaven, I'm not going to be Saul in heaven. The, I have the funny suspicion. I do. It's, it's, it's an inkling. It's a, it's a, my name in heaven is going to be Hercules. I don't know about you, servant, helper, a second hand, second fiddle, maybe in the choir. Who knows? But they're going to be warrior uh, angels. Huh? 
Some of you can, can sing in the choir. But some of us, okay, I'm just kidding. Some of you guys are already getting jealous. So I want to just have you be careful. Beware up there, help me. Beware of killjoys. Beware of killjoys. There are people in your life that their whole intent is for you to be miserable. They cannot see you be happy or be blessed or be content. There are friends that are not friends. They're just trying to drag you back to where God brought you out of. There are relationships that you need to reconsider, recalibrate. Uh, even in your family, you need to reconstruct relationships. You need to know who you are. You're the child. You're the daughter of the most high God. You behave that way. You live that way. You see yourself the way God sees you. Anyone else who's disparaging, anyone else who's trying to bring you down, anyone else whose language is not unbecoming of who you are, you need to correct that. You need to condemn every tongue that rises up against you. Uh, that's, what the, that's, what the, that's what Isaiah says, that, that no weapon shall form against you. You know how, why no weapon shall form, that's formed against you shall prosper? Because you've been given the authority. You've been given the authority to counteract, to reject, to condemn every, um, every voice, every word that comes against you. Because there is no curse for those that are in Christ Jesus. No one can curse you. No one can um, um, come against you. Or it is your right as a servant of the living God. So let me talk real quickly about some killjoys. That when Jesus shows up, um, he brings uh, his presence. And in his presence, he brings joy and joy unspeakable and full of glory. So here are some of the killjoys. The Bible says that in John 10, 10, the first part says that the thief, that would be the devil, and it would be other individuals who are thieves, that they've come to kill, steal, and destroy. Kill, steal, to take away. They're a thief. He's a thief, the devil is, to steal, kill, and destroy. What? What are your killjoys? Let me just give you a quick uh, rundown. Sin. So anytime there's hidden sin, unconfessed sin, you're in trouble. You, there's no joy that comes from sin. Um, you are already in trouble. A spirit of unforgiveness. So if you're in your heart, you hate somebody, there's, there's unforgiveness. You have not said, let somebody go that may be done you wrong. Self-pity is a killjoy. Fear is a killjoy. Frustration and uh, failures, failures that frustrate you. Uh, Self-pity, when you play the victim, it'll take away your joy. God does not participate. His presence and his joy will not cohabitate. Well, he, God is not going to endorse your, you playing the victim and, and you um, um, going through uh, stages of self-commiseration uh, and pity. Betrayal. When you betray others or people betray you, those are killjoys. Disappointments that you take to heart and you don't uh, shake them off. Anger in your life. Anxiety. When you have access, access to grind, those are killjoys. When you're jealous, when you're bitter, when you're greedy, when you're selfish, those are killjoys. When you're unrealistic or you have unhealthy expectations, some of us build these expectations that are, that are unrealistic. And, and when your expectations meet, come out and, and face to face, they converge with reality, they clash. That's when you, you enter into depression because you had these expectations that were unhealthy unrealistic, not based on, on reality. And then toxic intruders. You allow people uh, or, or circumstances or influencers in your life. It could be friends. It could be family members. That what they give, what they're doing is poison. It's not, uh, it's not blessing. It's not healthy. And so here's John 10.10 one more time. The thief comes to only to kill, to steal, kill, and destroy. 
But Jesus says, I have come that, that, that you or that they may have life and have it to its fullest measure and have life to its fullest measure. How many say amen? So I'm not going to get into King Herod, which is a killjoy, literally a killer and a killjoy. King Herod, uh, he, would not, he was not rejoicing at the birth of Jesus Christ. But here's three things. Here are three things that you can embrace um, because there's a joy that cannot be bought. There's a joy that cannot be bartered. It cannot be bargained for. Uh, like Jesus, it is a gift that must be received, cultivated, and, and protected by faith. So three things that happen when Jesus is born in your life, or when Jesus is in the picture of your manger, uh, or your nativity scene in your heart and life. Um, the first thing is that you can experience, if you have your outline, it's really easy to fill. Uh, the first thing is you can experience joy to the fullest. You can experience joy to its fullest measure. Uh, joy that comes from the Lord, <coughs> excuse me, always manifests in praise, in thanksgiving. It is the bedrock of your joy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <coughs> this is my one and only son. I am Batman, and he's the boy wonder. I wonder what's wrong with him a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, I wonder, like, whoa, thank you. Like, never mind. The word joy is mentioned 650 times in the Bible. 650 times, either the word joy or rejoice or glad or gladness or delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself. Take joy in the Lord, and he shall grant you the petitions, the desires of your heart. When you have joy in God, delight yourself. He will grant you. That's a big one. Psalm 20. Psalm 20. That he will grant you the desires of your heart. So Psalm 5. God wants you to rejoice and shout for joy. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> that God calls you his exceedingly joy. Do you know that Job chapter 8, verse 5 or verse 21, five times God says to Job while he's broken, I will fill your mouth with laughter and your lips will shout with joy. Your lips will shout with joy or out of joy. So in our Christmas story, real quickly, guys, we're going to just land this plane. Joy in our Christmas story. So here's um, Zechariah, Zechariah and Elizabeth. They're already elders, they're already um, old in age, advanced, and he's performing the priestly responsibilities, and he's in the innermost chamber, the Holy of Holies, and he's there, and an angel appears, and it almost gave him a heart attack. I mean, he was terrified. He was, he was uh, nonplussed, if you will. And the, the thing that the angel says, hey, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to have in your life, you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at the birth of his son. Many will rejoice. Uh, John the Baptist leaped, <clears throat> the same boy that was prophesied uh, in the Holy of Holies. He's in his mother's womb. Mary, uh, the, son, the, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ, walks in. And they're both in the same room. When she walks in, Elizabeth, uh, the baby, John the Baptist, leaps with joy. At the presence of Jesus Christ, who was not even born yet, but, but he's already God. And she says, what an honor that the mother of my Lord would come and visit us. 
Okay, what an honor. Who am I that the mother of our Lord, of my Lord, the mother of my Lord? She's a teenager. She's in her late teens, early 20s. And here's this, this elderly, here's this um, advanced woman in age, an older cousin, if you will, and recognizes the, the beauty, recognizes the holiness of that moment. Who am I? The mother of my Lord. Come and visit us. And he says, the moment you walked in, Johnny, little Johnny, ¿verdad? little Juanito, he leaped for joy. Like, why didn't he leap anywhere else? Right? No, or, no, he leaped with joy, with joy. He leaped even before he knew what the word joy was. The mama knew that the baby was leaping with joy. Why aren't you and I feeling the same effervescent spirit of joy? Because joy is a choice. Joy is a decision. It's not, it's more than an emotion. It is, but it's devotion uh, to the word of God. So let me, let me bring uh, the second thing that, that um, the second gift of Jesus' presence when Jesus is in the picture is that you yourself can choose to become a joy spreader. Uh, you can become a joy spreader, a contagion, if you will, a joy contagion. Um, when John the Baptist was born, one more time, Luke 57, 1, 57 and 58, when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to her son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. <laughs> they shared her joy. Uh, Elizabeth's family and members became joy spreaders. Hey, did you hear Elizabeth the Baron? That's what her name was, her surname, Elizabeth the Baron. Hey, do you know, can, have you heard? What, the older, the old lady? Yes, she had a baby. She was probably 60 or 70. And she had a baby. And all of a sudden, joy spread out through that whole community. How many say amen? Um, Acts 5, I'm going to just finish, but I need you guys to feel it. So here's the council, the Sanhedrin had Peter and John flogged and severely beaten. Thank you guys, severely beaten with a whip. And they were warned not to speak in the name of Jesus. And then the Sanhedrin, Sanhedrin, uh, Sanhedrin let them go as council. But the apostles left the council with bloody backs, if you will, bloody uh, clothes, with their backs beaten and, and whipped, they left rejoicing. Are you kidding me? Now watch this. They left rejoicing because God had considered them worthy, worthy to suffer for the namesake of Jesus. So they were so happy. So in other words, they, they didn't say that they left happy. No, they left rejoicing. <laughs> they left with joy, which is different than happy. Nobody's happy when you get beat. Nobody. But in your heart, you can have joy in saying, God knows that I can handle it. <laughs> God knows that I'm worthy. I, I don't mind suffering. If this is what it takes to get my children safe, if this is what it takes to get my household back in line with God, if struggling and suffering is what it takes to, to, to suffer for his name's sake, I'm in. I'm in and I'm going to rejoice even though I don't like suffering. I can rejoice in it because God has a grander, better plan. Then the, the Bible says that so every day they spent, every day they spent, every day they spent time in the temple and with in one another's homes. Every day they never stopped teaching and telling the good news 
the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. The third thought in your outline is that his joy, God's joy, Christ's joy in your life. I give you my joy, Jesus says, so that your joy may be full. I give you my joy so that your joy can be complete. So his joy will give you strength. His joy will give you strength. So he's, here's Nehemiah. They're in the back end of just rebuilding the walls and the gates of the city of Jerusalem. They're in a moment that is sacred. It is a solemn moment. And he says, this is a holy, uh, this day is holy to our Lord. So this is not a day to be grieving because some of them were, were crying. So don't cry. Don't grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. For the joy of the Lord. What is the joy of the Lord? That is like when you take pleasure in the relationship, in his presence. You take pleasure that he's for you. And that if he is for you, who can be against you? You take pleasure in his promises that, lo, I am with you every day, every day, every day to the end of this world. You take joy that you are not, you are here on purpose, on mission, and that you're a masterpiece and not a mistake. You can take joy in the presence of God. His, because, um, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And you can choose joy. I want to end this with this. So here's King David, the giant slayer that got slayed by a woman. Right? The giant slayer that slayed Goliath gets slayed by temptation. So because nobody is above temptation. Nobody is above a, the enemy playing with your feelings, your emotions, your flesh, your fallen nature. Nobody. Not even King David. He took certain prerogatives, certain privileges. He gave himself certain uh, privileges as a king. And it took him down a path where he sins and he engages in adultery with Bathsheba. It's a longer story. He and Joab, his general, conspire to kill her husband because Bathsheba ends pregnant. And, and so she, he's got to cover that up. So he calls her husband from war. Uh, one of the 30, uh, uh, you know, um, courageous men, valiants, he brings them. One of David's 30 mighty men. And uh, Uriah says, you know, he says, hey, you know, he brings him a news. He's conspiring with Joab. Bring him as a messenger. He's a warrior, but he's now a messenger. He says, hey, you're dusty. Go home. Spend the night with, with Bathsheba. Uriah says, no, not while my men are out there on camp in war, on the, on the path of war. I will not enjoy the pleasures of, of going home and having a hot uh, meal uh, and spending the evening with my wife. He says, God forbid. So the next thing he does, he gets him drunk. He, he gets him to imbibe. And so even in his stupor, David says, go, go back, go to Bathsheba, go home. And he says, I will not go home. Maybe he suspected something. I don't know. The Bible leaves it open-ended. But we know that he went back and then, and then Bathsheba was pregnant. And so David had and conspired with Joab to get him killed. Uh, put him in the front lines. And then he says, retreat and leave uh, Uriah in front. He was killed. And God took umbrage, took it to heart. And God says, I can't let this go. So for 11 months, David agonizes. And if you read Psalm 73 and other psalms where he's broken, in 
David can no longer stand not having God's presence. And uh, Nathan, a prophet, comes and says, you and God have accounts to settle. So David wrote Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is one of the greatest psalms. If you ever, if you're ever sorry for something that you've done, something that's happened, if you ever like, like are contrite and want to take your grievances and your brokenness and your sin to God, Psalm 51, just read it over and over until it becomes ingrained in your spirit. He begins to plead with God to have mercy, forgive and blot out all his transgressions according to his uh, mercy and tender loving kindness. In that psalm, he says, I and only I am responsible, not Bathsheba, not Joab, not anybody. I am responsible, and I understand that I was birthed in sin and conceived in sin. He says, would you wash me with hyssop? Would you wash me and make my soul, would you make me white as snow? Would you cleanse me? And he says, I beg you, don't take away your spirit from me. Don't take away the Holy Spirit from me. I can't stand to live without the Holy Spirit. I am nothing without the Spirit of God. And he says, oh, by the way, I can handle life. I can handle my my circumstances. I can handle the consequences, but I can't live without you restoring the joy of my salvation. I'll say this again. David is saying, in essence, I'll face the music. I'll face the consequences. I'm the guy. You got me. But I cannot live (laughs) without you restoring the joy of my salvation, of your salvation. I want the joy of your salvation. And then grant me a willing spirit. Grant me a, a willing spirit to obey you, to sustain me. Would you bow your heads with me? I don't know how many have lost your joy, how many have lost your peace, how many have lost hope. But I'm willing to venture, I will, I will, that God has brought you here today. Because something's amiss, something's not right in your heart, in your life, in your relationship, in your marriage, in your your family, and you know it. Something's not right with your eyes and with your mind and your heart. Something is gone awry, afoul. Today you can ask God for forgiveness. Today, Today you can ask God for a fresh start. That's why Jesus was born in Bethlehem. That's why when he's in the picture, things can change automatically. And you can say David's prayer, do not take, oh God, your Holy Spirit. I haven't sensed the Holy Spirit in a long time. Some of you, some of you maybe haven't wept in God's presence for some time. (laughs) And then David says, "I, I want my joy. I want the joy of your salvation. I want it back. It's the only thing that is going to get me through uh, the rest of my life. It's the spirit of the living God and the joy of your salvation. Just as you're there with your heads bowed, I just sense that this is a sacred moment for somebody. Somebody that wants to come back to Jesus. You're going to come back home. Somebody that maybe you came for, for different reasons, baptisms, or maybe you're got a loved one, a child that was going to sing today. And maybe you're a believer and you know you're born again, but you've lost your joy. (laughs) You've lost your moxie. Some time ago, you lost your prerogatives, your spiritual strength and your confidence. Uh, You've lost your glitter. You 
lost your joy. And today would be a great day to say to God, please restore to my life, return to my heart the joy of your salvation. Father, I pray for those of you that need to make a comeback to God, you need to rededicate. For those of you that want to be saved, the Bible says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And just right there where you're sitting right now, you can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand? I want to pray uh, with you. If you say, Pastor, I want I want to be sure that I'm saved today. Thank you. Thank you. Just I want to make sure that my life is right with God. I see your hands, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me say this prayer. Just as, as you said, everyone just this, this moment. Would you say this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus. Save me. Save me. Save my life. Make it yours. I want to live for you. I want to honor you. I want to have your joy. I want to experience peace. I want to be used by God for a meaningful purpose that goes beyond me. I want to be on mission. Thank you for your salvation. And thank you for the joy of your salvation in my life. Through Christ we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Thank you so very much for joining us today on the LifeHouse podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at LifeHouse, visit our website at lifehousechurch.com. That's lifehousechurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. Thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey, that will lead you to know God better, grow together, and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.